Well, we've already had one message, so I'm going to tag on a little bit with this this message here. Uh, no, I don't need that. Thank you, Dave. Um, and I want to kind of just stay on the theme of, of what our play was, which was giving Christmas away. Um, So I want to share a few things about giving and how it relates to, of course, the greatest gift of all, which is Jesus Christ. The greatest gift that anyone could ever give is for God so loved his, the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him will not perish or die eternally, but have eternal everlasting life. Here's the thing about giving. And I know some of these are pretty obvious. You can only give what you have. You can't give anything away that you don't have. If you have nothing to give, then you can't, you can't give that to somebody. Uh, there's, a, there's a story in Acts chapter 3. And uh, it's a story of Peter and John. They've, they've just recently had an encounter with heaven. They've been... Filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. They've got the power of God in their lives. They've got the love of God in their lives. They're, they're full. I mean, they are, they are full. They're as full as you can get. And so, they come to the temple because they were regularly going to the temple. They were meeting with people. They were praying. They were worshiping. Uh, they were still kind of in the transition phase of Jew to Christian. I mean, there was, there was all kinds of... They were just just trying to figure it out, really. But God was leading them day after day. And they went by the temple and there was, this, there was this beggar that used to sit by the temple gate. The gate was called Beautiful, interestingly enough. And so the beggar said, hey, uh, hey, 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 hey. Now here's the deal. Let's think about this for a second. We still have beggars today, don't we? We still have people that beg. It's easy to dismiss those people. And I'm right there with you, okay? And I'm not saying just because they're begging, you give them something. But I, but I want you to get the picture of Peter and John could have had those same thoughts too. Oh, there's that guy again. He always sits in the same place. You know, there's a, always on the same place. I, I've seen you before. It probably wasn't the first time that Peter and John had seen this guy. I mean, it said he used to sit by that gate all the time. <laughs> and so, he's got his little can or whatever he's holding out. Help me out, help me out, help me out. And it says this in Acts chapter 3 and verse 6. And you can put this one on the screen, I believe. Peter and John reply to... Uh, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Peter and John replied. Then Peter, it says, Peter said, silver or gold I do not have. So he didn't bring his wallet. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. What happens after that? That's the only verse we have on the screen. Immediately it says, this man's bones and legs and muscles were strengthened and they helped him and he leaped to his feet and he went running through the temple. No more etiquette. No more temple etiquette, man. Just 
total joy and jubilation running through. He was totally healed. Now, here's the deal. It's very interesting what Peter and John said because they said, what I have, I give you. So Peter and John had something that would make the lame man walk. They couldn't give what they didn't have, but they chose to give what they did have. You know, there's another guy in the Bible named John the Baptist. He was the, he was the cousin of Jesus, and he came, before, he came before Jesus and kind of prepared the way. He began to preach a message of repentance and say, Hey, there's someone coming after me. The one you really want to know is coming after me. You don't need to know me. I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. I'm not worthy even to touch his feet. You know, this guy coming after me, he's going he's gonna to do, do the amazing thing. And it's interesting when they were talking with John because they were wondering, Hey, John, are you the one? Are you the guy? Are you the, you know, I mean, he was pretty dynamic. He was, he was drawing crowds. You know, he had the power of God in his life. He was an anointed man. When he spoke, things happened. And so they're like, Are you the one? He's like, No, I'm not the one. But there's an interesting verse where he's talking with these people in John 3.27. And it says this, uh, To this John replied, A person can receive only what is given them from heaven. Now if you put those two ideas together about giving, in order for me to give Christmas away, I need to receive from heaven. I can only give. A man can only do what he's received from heaven. In other words, John was saying, look, I can't be the Messiah. I can't be who I'm not supposed to be. I can't give what I I have not been given. But what John had been given, he was giving out. He had a message of preparation. He was preparing the way of the Lord. His ministry was to make straight the path so people could receive the message of Jesus that Jesus would bring. And so my question to you is this. What do you have to give? What do you have to give from heaven? If you don't have something to give from heaven, here's the good news. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to order it on Amazon. You don't have to wait for it in the mail. There's only one place you can get it. You get it directly from heaven. And there are things from heaven that God has for each and every one of us that are not ours. You know, when I... I'm going to open some Christmas gifts, I think. (laughs) I already opened some. My dad and we had Christmas last weekend, so I at least got got a couple, but uh, got some I didn't want. But um, (laughs) it's an inside joke. I'll tell you later. Um, So, you know, when we get gifts at Christmas, you know, we, we generally keep them, Right? You know, generally I keep them, you know, unless you re-gift it for the, you know, the bingo night, you know. <laughs> you know, make sure that person's not here, okay? You just got to make sure they're not here. It's like, oh, I gave that to you. Oh, yeah, yeah, I really loved it. <laughs> I loved it so much I wanted somebody else to have it. <laughs> but here's the deal, you know, you get a gift and you're like, hey, that's mine. I'm going to go use that. I'm going to go put that up. I'm going to go wear it, whatever it is. But here's the deal with the gifts of God. The gifts of God are so different. The kingdom of God is always, always so different. It's just the right way and we've got the wrong way. When you get the gift from heaven, God says, hey, you give that away. You get, you get to share that. Peter and John, they'd received a gift from heaven. They'd received the power 
to release healing. They'd, re- they'd, they'd received a gift from heaven, the power to recognize the work of God. Really, that's what they were doing. Who knows? How, how many times did Peter and John walk by this guy? We don't know. There may have even been some times after they were filled with the Holy Spirit where, where they walked by this guy. But on that moment, that day, it was like something where God said, Now is the time. And there's people everywhere who need a now is the time moment. And they're only going to get it from one person. You. God's only got a plan A. It's me and you. That's it. So that encourages me and challenges me when I hear the message to say, give Christmas away, which is not just, okay, I'm going to find some nice gifts and give away. No, it's like, I want to... What is the meaning and the power and the, and the overwhelming love of Christmas that I can share with somebody. I can't give it if I don't have it. And I only get it by asking in faith and receiving. That could be for the first time. It could be the first time that you've never given your heart to Jesus where you've never said, I receive the gift. I believe, Jesus, that you are who you say you are and that you did what the Bible says that you did and you did it for me. And you say, I'm going to trust my heart. Hey, Guess what? You receive something from heaven in that moment that you believe in Jesus. In that moment that you repent and say, My way is wrong, God. Your way is right. You receive the gift from heaven. Salvation. And it says that the, the very presence of God, the Holy Spirit, will come and dwell inside your life. I want to read John uh, 3.16 to you. Um, very familiar passage. I quoted part of it to you, but I'm going to read verse 17. We sometimes leave off verse 17. I love verse 17 just about as much as I love verse 16. Verse 16 is probably the most famous Bible verse in the whole world. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17 says, though, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what, has, what he has done has been done through God. For God so loved the world that he gave. Here's the thing. Giving always costs you. Giving always costs you. I mean, we know that in the natural. We know that when we're buying a gift. You know, we know that when we're pulling out the, the cash or the credit card or whatever we use to the online thing. Uh, it, it costs you. Whenever you're going to give someone something, whenever you're going you're gonna to invest in their life, whenever you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna spend time, you're going you're gonna to spend energy, uh, you're going to spend love on someone... It's going to cost you. 
know, that's, that's, why we, that's why I don't give sometimes. You know what? I'm just, I don't want to pay the price. I'm just, I'm just not willing to pay the price, really. I mean, that's the honest truth. Sometimes I'm just like, it's not wor- the cost is not worth it to me. You know, obviously I'm in the flesh. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not in the spirit in that moment. I'm not, I'm, I've not got the heart of, heart of the Father in me. But, you know, there's sometimes where it's just like the cost is too much. And so if I am going to just count the cost, I may never give. But it says, it doesn't say that God just, just gave. It says that for God so loved that He gave. When your love exceeds your cost, you give. You know, God's love far surpassed anything He was giving up to die on the cross and send His only Son to give His life. The love in Jesus' heart was greater than the torture on the outside of His body. The love of the Father was greater than the loss he felt by giving up his son and having to turn his back on him when the sin of the world was poured out on him. See, to me, that's the key right there, is it where it, got, it says God so loved. You know, what I, I don't need to try harder. If you're a follower of Jesus, guess what? Guess what trying harder is going to get you? It's going to get you upset. It's going to get you frustrated. It's going to get you... Going to get you you say, that's not worth it. But here's the deal. When you get love in your heart, the love overwhelms the cost. And the sacrifice is worth it. It says Jesus, for the joy set before Him, endured the cross. You know, He had, he had like the... Uh, he had love. He had joy. It says He had peace. Everything was such an overwhelming abundance that it didn't matter what dark thing happened. He was going to do what he was called to do. He was going to lay down his life. He was going to give Christmas away. You know, Jesus is, is the only human being in all of history who was actually born just to die. You know, when God created humans... We were not born to die. We were born to actually live. You know, the purpose of of God's creation was to give life and to share His life with someone else. But there was only one. When Jesus was born, it wasn't just about His life. If Jesus just lived a great life and did a bunch of miracles and loved people and gave all these great teachings and the Sermon on the Mount and, you know, had people write all these amazing books about Him. If He didn't get to the cross, it wouldn't matter. It'd be just a nice... He would be just a nice teacher. He would be just a a guy who spoke truth. Just another person talking about something good, trying to love people. But Jesus didn't stop there. He went all the way to the cross. For God so loved that He gave. You know, I need that love. I need more of that love. And what did John the Baptist teach us? It only comes from heaven. It only comes from heaven. It's not going to come from anywhere else unless I am before God and saying, God, baptize me in Your love. Just fill me up. Give me something I don't have. 
Because I don't have it. And you don't have it. Doesn't matter how nice of a person you are. Doesn't matter how good of a person you are. Doesn't matter how many, how many times you've sung worship songs. Doesn't matter how many times you've tithed. None of that stuff matters if you don't have love. I mean, what does it say in 1 Corinthians 13? It says, hey, you can do all kinds of miracles. You can prophesy. You can declare the most amazing things from God in all the earth. You can be on TV saying them. But if you don't have love, it's nothing. It's worthless. Throw it in the garbage. Flush it down the toilet. It's worthless if it doesn't have love. If I do the most amazing acts of kindness, if it's not out of love, God says, hey, it's, it's, it's not worth anything. For God so loved the world that He gave... I want to focus real quickly on verse 17 because I think, I don't know if there's anybody that this is for. Verse 17 says this. It says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. You know, there's, there's been kind of a clouded message, I think, sometimes with the message of, of the gospel. That Jesus came, you know, and now we're going to bring all the condemnation on people because you need to... You know, this is what it's about. Okay, you, you, better, you better get right with God. And I, I, we do better get right with God. But here's the deal. It says that Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. I have to be careful, first of all, that I don't, I don't change the message of Jesus. The moment I condemn the world, I'm no longer living and speaking the gospel. Because the gospel is, it starts with, For God so loved... And He came, but He came not to condemn. He came to save. So I want my words and my actions and my attitudes to be communicating saving and reaching and rescuing and loving, not condemning and correcting and rebuking. Guess where all the the correcting comes in? Once you're already in the saved part. Trust me, God will correct you a whole lot. Maybe not as much as me, but... (laughs) You know, a good amount. (laughs) That comes after I'm in a family where I'm loved. Where I've been born again. I'm in God's family. And then He can gently come to me and say, Hey, guess what? You can change now. I'm going to give you power because I've received something. You've received something from heaven. But when I choose to, to get with the voice of condemnation and just condemn the world, I've stepped out of the message of Jesus. The message of Jesus is to save. Come on, come on, come on. And the other thing I want to I say is right now is if you have condemnation hanging over your life right now, that's not from Jesus. He didn't come to condemn, He came to save you. So if there's stuff going on, Jesus is not saying, can you believe that? Look at you. You may say that to yourself. Man, I can't believe that. Look at what's wrong with me. Don't join in with the devil's voice. Don't repeat what he's saying in your ear. He's saying, what's wrong with you? How come you're not? How come you don't? The message of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is whispering in his ear, is nothing's impossible with me. I can and I will.
I want to. I want to. And you'll want to. Because I'm changing your heart. I'm changing you on the inside. That's really the message of the gospel. When God came, he, he loved us so much. He died and was resurrected and He rescued us. And then it says in Ezekiel that God gives us a, a new heart. There's, there's something new inside of me. Not a new physical heart, a new spiritual heart where I'm changed. But if, there, if you are hearing condemnation in your life, We want to see that broken today. That you step out of this room today free once and for all. That is not the voice of Jesus. Worship team, if you want to come on up. We're going we're gonna to respond in worship here to the Lord. And as we're... As we're singing, uh, we're going to have some of our elders and stuff in the back here. They're going to be ready to, ready to pray with you. Uh, for those in here who have never received Jesus, you need to respond to Jesus today. You need to give your heart to Jesus today. If you've never done that, then these amazing people can lead you to Jesus. And so I encourage you, as we begin to sing, we're going to sing a Christmas song and a couple worship songs. Uh, We're going to to respond to God. But if that's, for those of you that that's you, you need to respond today. You need to give your heart to Jesus. And I don't know where everybody is in this room. And so I'm saying, you need to give your heart to Him. Number two, if you're struggling with condemnation, I believe God is saying today is the day that you can be free from that accusing voice in your head that says, you're not good enough, you're never going to make it, you're, you're just not, you know, whatever that voice is, it's a lie. You can be free from that. Number three, if you just say, I just need prayer. I, just, I need healing in my body. I need, you know, uh, I, need, I need a touch from God in my finances. Uh, I've got relationship problems. My family is, is a mess. I just need help. My marriage needs help. Whatever it is, I, respond, I encourage you to respond. If you just need to come up to the altar and respond with just you and God, that's fine too. If you want somebody to pray with you, you can just slip out to the back. But uh, we're going we're gonna to enter into worship. And so let me, let me pray with you. If you'll just stand to your feet real quick. Thank you, Lord. We invite you right now, Holy Spirit, to just move in our hearts. We thank you, God, for your goodness. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your love. Spirit move. We just invite you as we respond to you this morning, God. Maybe you're showing us somebody that we need to give something to. We need to give our time. We need to give our love. We need to give our energy away to them. Lord, help us not get through this this moment, this season and just not respond to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.